Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Previously on Truth and Justice. Park also noted something that's very odd. He said that he noticed a large, what appeared to be, kitchen knife in Kiao's hand. The only thing missing was her keys. She had locked the house when she left and had taken her keys with her, as was her habit. Other than that, police could find no motive in this brutal killing. The attack on Kiao Go was not only brutal, but disorganized and almost nonsensical. Kiao's autopsy report shows 20 injuries. It was her husband's brother, Kenneth Ray Williams. Mr. Williams confirmed to Royster that his brother had indeed been living with them around July the year before. He eventually did admit that he was indeed staying with his brother on Mill Valley Lane at the time of the murder. Royster's report states the following regarding Kenneth Ray Williams. Quote, It is my opinion he is the suspect in this offense. The only thing necessary for evil to prevail is that good men and women do nothing. I am simply a mouthpiece for good men and women around the world who want to make a difference. and the involvement of ordinary people is what is going to change our criminal justice system. Many have tried and failed. But the only difference between them and me is I'm bringing an army with me. This is Truth and Justice. and welcome back to Truth and Justice. I'm your host, Bob Ruff, and I know that what you're all waiting to hear today is what happened on my trip to Texas to confront Troy Eldridge. Well, all I can tell you right now is that the trip was a success. But before I can talk to you about what happened in Texas, we need to slow down. We can't get too far ahead of ourselves. I know a lot more details about this case than you do at this point. That was part of the reason why it was so urgent that I get down to see Troy so quickly. On the off chance that he is listening to the podcast, I needed to speak with him before I revealed too many details. So before I let you in on what Troy had to say, first we need to take a few steps back and bring you all up to speed. In today's episode, it's time to catch you up on what I know about the actual act of the murder itself. The most telling piece of physical evidence that we have in this case, sadly, is Kiao herself. Kiao suffered 13 stab wounds, 4 cuts, and some abrasions during the attack. As a whole, this just seemed like an incredibly vicious attack. 
and it was. But if we break down and analyze each individual wound, we start to see a clear picture of exactly how this attack took place. And that's where we're going to begin today. In segment one, I'll be breaking down each and every wound, cut by cut, stab by stab. It may be difficult to really get a grasp on these descriptions without some sort of visual reference. To help with this, we've uploaded a diagram of the wounds onto our website, truthandjusticepod.com. Feel free to press pause and go get that diagram in front of you before we begin. Now let's get started. The information that I'm about to give you comes from Kiao's autopsy report, created by medical examiner Sheila Spotswood. While breaking down these injuries, we are looking specifically for four things. In the report, Spotswood indicates the sharp and blunt ends of each stab wound. What this means is that the knife perforated the skin, one end of the wound may be sharp and the other blunt. So imagine a kitchen steak knife. One edge of the knife is sharp, the edge that you cut your steak with, but the back of the knife is flat or blunt. That's the side that's facing upward as you're cutting your steak. So imagine that you took that knife and stabbed it into your steak. If we're talking about a steak knife, you would have a cut in the steak about three quarters of an inch wide. One end of the cut would be sharp from the sharp edge and the other would be blunt, because the back edge of the knife is blunt. So that's what I'm referring to when I discuss the blunt end and sharp ends of the wounds. This information tells us how the knife was oriented when it was stabbed into Kiao. The second thing that we're looking at is the width of the cut on the skin. Think back to our steak knife scenario. When you stab the steak with the steak knife, the cut was about three quarters of an inch wide, the width of the knife. Now imagine that you stab the steak with a large butcher knife. Butcher knives are typically closer to one and a half to two inches wide. Therefore, the width of the cut in the steak in that case would be around an inch and a half. So that's what I'm referring to when I discuss the width of the wound. Basically, we're talking about the width of the knife that was used to make the stab. Thirdly, we're looking at the depth of each stab wound. This one's pretty self-explanatory. The depth is simply how deep the blade plunged into Kiao's body. Keep in mind that when we're discussing the depth of wounds, that the human body does compress depending upon where on the body the stab was made. A stab to a fatty area of the body could have a depth that is actually deeper than the actual length of the blade. The fatty tissue could compress, allowing the blade to cut tissue deeper into the body. And on the flip side, a stab to, let's say, a rib cage wouldn't compress nearly as much. This is a bony structure on the body that will flex a bit, but not necessarily as much as, say, the abdomen or the buttocks. And lastly, we'll be discussing the pathway or directionality of the wounds. This is the angle that the knife entered Kiao's body. You'll hear things like, the knife's path of travel was upward in a left-to-right direction. That would mean that the knife wasn't stabbed straight in. It tells us the angle that the stab came from. Keep in mind, when I say right to left, I'm referring to Kiao's right and left. With all of that out of the way, let's get started with the four cuts found on Kiao's body. Keep in mind that as I go through all of the different wounds, I'll be assigning numbers to them. These are the numbers that Sheila Spotswood assigned to each injury in her report, and they're in no particular order. She started at the top of the head and worked her way down. So to be clear, 
the numerical order is not necessarily the order in which the wounds were inflicted. So let's start with cut number one. Cut number one is found on the back of Kiao's head. The left end is higher with the right lower. The cut has a zigzag appearance and both ends are sharp. The cut was approximately three and a quarter inch long. Then we move on to cut number two, which was found on Kiao's right cheek. This cut also was about three and a quarter inch long with both ends sharp and extends from Kiao's right earlobe down towards her nose. Cut number three was found on the base of Kiao's right thumb. The cut measures one and a half inches in length and is sharp at both ends. Spotswood describes the wound as L-shaped. And lastly, we have cut number four. This is a small cut on the back of Kiao's left hand in the web area between the thumb and index finger. It consists of a superficial one eighth inch long cut with a tiny flap of skin reflecting towards the thumb. And that's it for the four cuts. It's hard to tell much from a cut. A simple slice to the skin could come from any weapon. But a stab wound, on the other hand, a stab wound paints a picture. A stab wound tells a story. Today's episode is sponsored in part by The Great Courses Plus. Now more than ever, it's so important to stay informed and learn as much as possible about the world around us. And we're doing that through our subscription with The Great Courses Plus. The Great Courses Plus is on-demand access to really engaging video lectures presented by award-winning experts. You can learn more about anything you want to. History, law, psychology, and even how to take better pictures. The Great Courses Plus has over 8,000 lectures, and new ones are added all the time. And you can stream these lectures whenever you want from your smartphone, tablet, laptop, or TV. And one of the great features with the Great Courses Plus is that they span across all of your devices. So you can stop a lecture on one device and pick it up on another right where you left off. I've been taking courses with the Great Courses Plus for a couple of months now. I actually use it as my own personal professional development. And you should check out the course that I've watched, Forensic Histories, Crimes, Frauds, and Scandals. During this week's trip to Texas, I had a lot of time spent on buses and airplanes. And while I was traveling, I watched two courses that I think you'll really enjoy. One of them is called Guilty Until Proven Innocent. And it's a great look at our American criminal justice system and its flaws. And then I watched another course called Motive and Kidnapping that has a lot of relevance to today's episode. These are courses that you should really check out. And there's great news. As one of my listeners, you'll get a free month of access to The Great Courses Plus. Just sign up through my special URL thegreatcoursesplus.com slash truth. I promise you, you won't forget it and you can listen for free. So why not check it out? Start your free month today. Sign up at thegreatcoursesplus.com slash truth. That's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash truth. Let's now move on to breaking down each of the 13 stab wounds. I'm going to first go through the wounds without giving any analysis or opinions. I'm just going to read to you what Sheila Spotswood wrote in her report. After the breakdown, we'll get into a summary of the wounds and what I think they all mean. Again, before we get started, I'll remind you that these stab wounds are numbered in no particular order, but the numbers that I'm giving you will correspond to the diagram on the website if you're following along. 
Stab wound number one is located on the right back of Kiao's head. The stab wound measures 7 sixteenths of an inch in length, with the higher end of the wound sharp. The wound perforated the skin and soft tissue and superficially penetrated the skull. The directionality of the stab was from back to front and upward. The maximum depth of penetration is only a half an inch. Stab wound number two was found on the right side of Kiao's mid-upper chest. The upper end of the wound was towards the right and sharp, and the lower end towards the left, and Spotswood was unable to determine if that end of the wound was sharp or blunt. The wound measures one inch in length on the skin. It penetrated the right second rib, nicked the anterior medial surface of the left upper lobe of the lung, perforates the pericardium, and completely perforates the heart through the right ventricle, septum, and left ventricle. The pathway of the stab wound is downward, front to back, and slightly right to left. The depth of penetration is three and a quarter inch. This wound would have been rapidly fatal. Stab wound number three is found in the mid-upper chest centered with Kiao's body. The cut on the skin was one and three sixteenths of an inch, with the upper end toward the left and sharp, in the lower end toward the right and blunt. This wound perforated the skin and soft tissue and was stopped by the anterior surface of the sternum. The blade did not go through the bone. The pathway of this wound was front to back with no significant left-right or up-down deviation, and the maximum depth of penetration was one inch. Stab wound number four was found in the chest just right of the sternum at about the nipple line. The wound measured one and three-eighths of an inch on the skin and is oriented with the upper right end sharp and Spotswood was unable to determine if the lower left end was sharp or blunt. This wound perforated the left lobe of the liver and perforates the right lateral side of the aorta. The pathway of the wound is from front to back, slightly downward, and slightly right to left. The maximum depth of penetration is four and a half inches. This wound also would have been rapidly fatal. Stab wound number five was located on Kiao's upper abdomen just below her right breast. The cut on the skin measured one and a quarter inches in length and was oriented with the left end slightly higher and sharp and the right end slightly lower. Spotswood was unable to determine if the right end was sharp or blunt. This wound perforated the right rib eight and Nick's right rib seven. It perforates the diaphragm and penetrates the anterior surface of the right lobe of the liver. The wound on the liver surface measures one and three quarters of an inch in length with both ends sharp. The pathway of the stab wound is from front to back, upward, and right to left. The maximum depth of penetration is two inches. Stab wound number six was located on Kiao's right upper abdomen. The cut on the skin measured one and three sixteenths of an inch in length. It was oriented with the upper right end blunt and the lower left end sharp. This stab wound punctured the abdominal wall, but caused no damage to any internal organs. The pathway of this stab wound was from right to left, downward, and front to back. The depth of this stab wound was three and a half inches. These next five stab wounds were located on Kiao's back. Stab wound number seven was located on her right upper back. The cut on the skin measured one and an eighth of an inch and was oriented with the right upper end sharp and the left lower end blunt. No internal organs were damaged with this stab. The pathway of the wound is from back to front 
slightly right to left with no up and down deviation. The maximum depth of the stab was one and one quarter of an inch. Stab wound number eight was located on the left mid back. The wound on the skin measured one and one eighths of an inch in length. It was oriented with the left lower end sharp and the right higher end blunt. This wound nicked a rib and penetrated the left lower lobe of the lung. The pathway of the wound is from left to right, back to front, and slightly downward. The maximum depth of the wound is one and one half inch. Stab wound number nine was located in the right mid back. The injury on the skin was just three quarters of an inch in length and oriented with the lower end towards the right and sharp and the higher end towards the left and Spotswood was unable to determine if this edge of the wound was sharp or blunt. The wound extends only through the skin and soft tissues of the back with no damage to internal organs. The pathway of the stab wound is from left to right and back to front with no up-down deviation. The maximum depth of penetration was two and a quarter inches. Stab wound number 10 was found in the left mid-back. The wound on the skin measures one and a quarter inches in length. It was oriented with the lower end slightly to the left and sharp, and the upper end slightly to the right and blunt. This stab wound also penetrated only skin and soft tissue. No internal organs were damaged. The pathway of the wound is from left to right, front to back, slightly downward. The maximum depth of penetration is one and three quarters of an inch. Stab wound number 11 was located on the left lower back. The cut on the skin measured one and three eighths of an inch in length and was oriented with the right end slightly lower and sharp with the left end higher. And again, Spotswood was unable to determine whether this end of the wound was sharp or blunt. Again, this wound extends through the skin and soft tissue with no damage to any internal organs. The pathway of the wound is from back to front and slightly right to left with no up-down deviation. The maximum depth of penetration was two inches. Stab wound number 12 was found on Kiao's left buttock. The cut on the skin measures three and a quarters of an inch in length with the left end slightly lower and blunt and the right end slightly higher and sharp. The wound extended through skin and subcutaneous fat and into the muscular tissue of the buttock. No internal organs were damaged. The pathway of this wound was from front to back and upward with no left-right deviation. The maximum depth of penetration is four and a half inches. And lastly, we have stab wound number 13. This wound was found on the back of Kiao's upper left thigh. The cut on the skin measures one inch in length and was oriented with the upper right end sharp and again Spotswood was unable to determine if the lower left end was blunt or sharp. This wound also extended only into skin and soft tissue. The pathway of this wound is upward, right to left, back to front, and the maximum depth of penetration was three inches. Okay, I'm sure that was a bit confusing for everyone, especially if you weren't following along with the diagram, but it was necessary to go through this report to lay the foundation for what's coming next. After really getting into the weeds and looking at every detail of every wound, we know one of two things. The murder of Kiao Gove either involved multiple attackers or multiple attacks. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. When I first began investigating this case, I didn't think much of all these stab wounds. I looked at them as one big cluster of violence, a vicious attack with the implication of severe overkill. It was like looking at a snowstorm and not noticing each intricate snowflake that creates the whitewash. Just like the snowflakes, each individual stab wound is full of unique details. And I believe that these stab wounds tell a story of up to five separate attacks on Kiao Gove. As I break down these attacks, understand that they are in no particular order. Let's first take a look at Kiao's back. There are five stab wounds on her back. At a glance, these wounds appear to be all part of the same attack. But if we take a closer look, we find a pattern. A very telling pattern. The first thing to note is the fact that only one of these five stab wounds could have been fatal. With a maximum depth of two and a quarter inch, only one of these five injuries punctured any internal organs or arteries. One of the wounds nicked her lung. The rest were all flesh wounds. But more importantly, let's look at how these wounds were inflicted. Stabs number eight, nine, and 10 all came from left to right. After conducting experiments, sorry Mike, based on the orientation of the blade, all three of these wounds could have been inflicted in short succession without the attacker having to regrip the knife or change positions. Since these stabs were inflicted on Kiao's back, and given the left to right path of travel, we can deduce that the attacker was either left handed or a right handed attacker who was in front of her and reached around her back to stab her. In order to do that, the attacker would have had to have been right up against Kiao, face to face. Considering the short depths of these wounds, my opinion is that the most likely scenario here is that the attacker was stabbing Kiao from behind, with their left hand. So that's attack number one. Three shallow stab wounds to the back, from left to right. Now let's set our attention on stab wounds number seven and eleven. These are the other two stab wounds found on Kiao's back. Even though these wounds are in close proximity to stabs 8, 9, and 10, there is no way that they were inflicted by the same person at the same time. Stab wounds number 7 and 11 both have the knife edge oriented to the right, and the path of travel of the blade was from right to left. 
the opposite of wounds 8 through 10. Both wounds were over an inch wide, but given the right-to-left path of travel, these wounds appear to have been inflicted, from behind, with the right hand. At the very least, one attacker would have had to reposition themselves and the knife and likely switch hands in order to inflict all of these wounds. On the other end of the spectrum, it's completely possible that the five wounds on Kiao's back were inflicted by up to three different people, using three different knives. Now let's move on to examine the five wounds found on Kiao's chest and abdomen. Four of these wounds are what I would describe as reach-around stab wounds. I'm referring to stabs number two, four, five, and six on the diagram. All four of these wounds are on the right side of Kiao's upper body. Three of them have a downward and right-to-left path of travel, as though the killer is reaching over her right shoulder. The fourth is the wound to her abdomen and shows a path of travel of right-to-left, but upward. Now the upward trajectory of this stab at a glance would suggest a separate attack. But as Back to the Future's Doc Brown would say, you have to think fourth-dimensionally. During the course of this attack, Kia would not be standing still, nor would she be upright throughout the entire attack. That's why the orientation of the knife blade is so important here. The orientation tells us that a single offender could in fact have inflicted all four of these wounds, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's what happened. The reason that I say that is because one of these wounds is not like the others. Stab wound number four shows one sharp edge and one indeterminate edge meaning it could possibly have been created with a double-edged knife. But since Spotswood was unable to determine if both edges of the blade were sharp on the skin, we have to look deeper. As we follow the path of this stab wound into Kiao's body, we find that the tip of the blade ended up in her liver. And on the liver, we find a wound with two sharp edges, the type of wound that a double-edged knife would inflict. The issue here is that stab wound number six and several of the other wounds have been clearly identified as being caused by a single-bladed knife, with one sharp edge and one blunt edge. A double-edged knife could not have caused these wounds, but then we have this wound to the liver that very well could have been inflicted by a double-edged knife. The anomaly of the potential double-edged wound aside, these four stab wounds are consistent with a right-handed offender reaching around Kiao's body from behind to inflict these wounds. I believe that these four wounds are consistent with being inflicted by the same attacker who caused stab wounds number 7 and 11 on Kiao's back. A right-handed person could have made both of the stabs on her back, then reach around with the same hand without regripping or reorienting the knife and made stab wounds numbers 2, 4, 5, and 6 on the front of Kiao's torso. That is, if wound 4 was not made with the double-edged knife. There is one more wound on Kiao's chest that does not quite fit with the others. Stab wound number 3 is located right in the center of her chest. The knife didn't plunge in very deep. This is because the blade found Kiao's sternum, 
the large bone in the center of your chest that's connected to your ribs. The wound only has a depth of about one inch, and there is no deviation right to left or up and down. Essentially, the killer stabbed straight into her chest and hit bone. The angle and orientation of this strike does not fit with the other four torso wounds. I believe that this may have been the final blow. The only way that this stab makes sense to me would be if Kia was laying on the ground at this point. The attacker directly above her makes one last attempt to plunge the knife deep into her chest. Kiao's sternum blocked the blade from reaching her internal organs, but sadly, her lungs, liver, aorta, and heart had already been punctured. Kiao was bleeding out internally. At this point, we have three remaining stab wounds. Stab number one is the piercing wound to the back of Kiao's head. We can't really learn a whole lot from this wound. The stab is only a half an inch deep because her skull stopped the blade. This being the case, it's difficult to determine directionality, other than the fact that the attack came from behind. But near the same stab wound, we find two cuts. One on the top of Kiao's head, and another large gash to her right cheek. When we couple these cuts with the gashes on both of her hands, one thing is crystal clear. Kiao did not go down without a fight. Kiao's resistance to this attack leads us to her last two stab wounds. We have one stab to the head, five to the chest, and five to the back. But then we find two deep stab wounds in what at a glance seem like very unlikely locations. Stab wound number 12 is in the center of Kiao's left buttock. The wound was made with a three-quarter inch wide single-edge blade and was stabbed into the buttock at an upward angle. And stab wound number 13 was inflicted about six inches lower into Kiao's left thigh or hamstring area. And again here we have a blade about an inch wide. The stab is deep and the pathway of the wound is at an upward angle. So how do these wounds fit with the others? At some point during the attack, Kiao would have fell to the ground. During an attack like this, where it's clear the victim is doing everything in her power to defend herself, I would expect Kiao to take a defensive position, on her back, and lifting her knees and legs in an attempt to keep the attacker off of her. If we consider that Kiao was positioned in this manner, the awkward, upward angle of these stab wounds begins to make a little more sense. A plunge of a knife towards her body while laying on the ground with her knees raised to defend herself would result in these two wounds that when standing upright appear to have entered the body at an upward angle. These two wounds were inflicted on Kiao while she was making every attempt possible to fight for her life. Now you've heard my analysis of Kiao's wounds, but what did Sheila Spotswood have to say when she testified at Jesse's trial? Spotswood was careful not to overcommit to any opinions. And the first question that I think we all have is, could all of these wounds have been made by the same knife? 
she was asked this exact question during direct examination. Spotswood responded by saying this, quote, If this is all done by one knife, it would be a single-edged knife, end quote. She goes on to describe what type of knife could have inflicted all of the wounds. She says again, if it was a single knife, quote, it would probably be somewhere around one inch physical or less in width. And then she goes on to answer the question that everyone's been asking ever since episode 301 dropped. Was the knife found in Kiao's hand the murder weapon? And here's your answer. Spotswood testified that the butcher knife in Kiao's hand is too big to have inflicted most of these wounds. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. You see, it's nearly impossible for a nearly two-inch wide knife to plunge over four inches into the body and only leave a three-quarters of an inch wide entry wound. The only two stab wounds that could possibly have been inflicted by Kiao's knife would be the stab wound to her head and the stab wound that was blocked by her sternum. Her knife could not be ruled out as inflicting these wounds because they were not deep enough to accurately determine the width of the knife used. Days after the murder, Kenneth Gove discovered that a large butcher knife from the set in the Gove's home was missing. He later identified the knife that was found in Kiao's hand as the missing knife from the set. All evidence points to Kiao carrying the butcher knife with her on her walk for protection. Kenneth testified that he had never known Kiao to carry a knife with her. She had recently told him that she was concerned about being followed on her morning walk by a man driving a white Cadillac, although he said that she didn't know cars. It may not have actually been a Cadillac. Whatever the case was, one thing is clear. Kiao felt threatened, and this fear caused her to arm herself with a knife on her morning walk. Spotswood went on to testify that she wouldn't expect a lot of bleeding from these wounds. Quote, The stab wounds can shift and close itself up and not have much external bleeding. Because they are narrow on the skin, the bleeding can all be internal. There were three knives introduced at Jesse's trial. The first is the butcher knife that Kiao had in her hand, which Spotswood testified was too large to have caused most of the wounds. The second knife was a double-edged dagger-type knife. This knife was found by Jesse and Troy's sister Christine in her apartment. 
she found the knife in her apartment and it wasn't hers. She testified that she believed it was Troy's knife. He was the only one who was ever alone in her apartment. Unlike Jesse, who had never been in the apartment. Spotswood testified that this particular knife could have been able to cause some of the wounds, but could not have caused all of them. Remember her earlier testimony that if there was only one knife involved, it would have to be single-edged and less than an inch wide. The takeaway from this is not that this knife was involved in the crime. There is no indication whatsoever that it was. But more importantly, Spotswood here concedes that some of the wounds could have been caused by a narrow, double-edged knife, but not all of them. Thus, she agrees that it is at least possible that we are looking at multiple knives used in this attack. The third knife is what I would describe as a standard kitchen steak knife, less than an inch wide and around four or five inches long. Spotswood testified that this is the only knife of the three that could possibly have caused all of the wounds. The reason she says that it's the only one that is possible is because we have two wounds that are only three quarters of an inch wide. Therefore, if we are looking at only one knife, it could not be any wider than three quarters of an inch. Her statement here is not an indication that she believes one knife made all of the wounds. She is simply stating that if it has to be one knife, it would have to be this type of knife, about the size of a standard steak knife. So this got me wondering, while there are a few wounds that are only three quarters of an inch wide, the majority of the stab wounds are closer to one and a quarter inch wide. In order for one knife to have caused all of this damage, that three quarter inch wide knife would have to be capable of leaving a one and a quarter inch gash on the skin upon stabbing. So I made a trip to our local grocery store. I bought a whole stuffed chicken and a rack of pork ribs. It's not Thanksgiving and our little grocery store doesn't carry whole pigs. So these were the best substitutes I could find to mimic the human body. Skin, meat, and bones. I spent the morning recreating all of the one inch wide plus stab wounds found on Kiao's body. I matched the angles, the depths, powerful stabs, and hesitant stabs. I even just went nuts and stabbed both pieces of meat haphazardly in quick succession. No matter how hard I tried, no matter the force or the angle, I could not get my three-quarter inch wide steak knife to leave a gash in the skin any wider than one inch. I realize that this is not the most scientific of testing methods, but in my humble opinion, there is absolutely no way possible that the same knife that made wounds 9, 12, and 13 also made wounds 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 10, and 11 there had to have been at least two knives. Nonetheless, Spotswood did testify that it could be possible for this one knife to have inflicted all of the wounds. Keep in mind that this statement was not based on any scientific testing or experiments. It was simply based on the size and depth of the wounds, a process of elimination. Take the narrowest wound, and you have the maximum width of the knife, 
and take the deepest depth of penetration and you have the minimum length of the knife. This was all based on the question that was asked of her. Could one knife have been used to create all of these wounds? And of the only three knives admitted into evidence, only one couldn't be eliminated. So where did this one magic knife come from? Remember the man named Kenneth Ray Williams. Williams was the man that Detective Royster narrowed down as his lead suspect. Shortly after Kiao was killed, Kenneth Ray Williams was arrested for an aggravated assault involving a knife. The knife that Williams used was collected into evidence. And that one knife that Spotswood said could have caused all of the injuries was in fact the exact knife that Kenneth Ray Williams used in his aggravated assault. Analyzing these wounds has painted a much clearer, albeit grim, picture of the attack and murder of Kiao Gove. In my opinion, after looking at all of the evidence, I would offer the following profile of Kiao's murder. I no longer believe that this was a random act of violence. I believe that Kiao was being stalked. And she knew she was being stalked. She believed that carrying her butcher knife would protect her from any attack. And sadly, she was wrong. I don't think that the attack began where it ended. I don't believe that this was a premeditated murder, but I do believe it was a premeditated attack. I think that whoever killed Kiao did have a motive. Perhaps robbery, sexual assault, or perhaps the plan was to kidnap Kiao in order to obtain a ransom from her husband. I don't know what the motive was, but I'm convinced at this point that there was indeed a motive. I think the abduction went horribly wrong when Kiao began to defend herself with her knife. And the result was her attackers feeling that they had no other choice but to kill her. This could indicate that Kiao either knew her attackers or at least could recognize them. I say them because I believe that we are looking for a minimum of two attackers. I believe that she was stabbed with at least two different knives. I think that one of the attackers is left-handed and the other is right-handed. I believe that the right-handed attacker has killed before or at least attacked an innocent victim before. The wounds that were inflicted by the right hand are deep and powerful, with no hesitation. This is in direct conflict with the left-handed attacker. The left-handed wounds are shallow, stabs in the back, hesitant, not fatal, flesh wounds. I think that our left-handed assailant is probably younger and criminally inexperienced or at least inexperienced with violence. He has a conscience, and this murder probably continues to haunt him even to this day. I would not be surprised if our left-handed attacker is the one who delivered the keys back to Kenneth. And I do believe that the keys were in fact returned after the murder. Further evidence of this is found in Spotswood's report. 
one of the items found on Kiao's body was a handkerchief. I think that our left-handed attacker probably knew Kiao, or Kenneth, or Kirby, or all of the above. Perhaps a student or former student of Spruce High School. Maybe even a classmate of Kirby's. He was probably, generally speaking, a decent kid who got mixed up with a bad crowd. I don't believe he ever intended to kill anyone. Take my profile for what it's worth. Amateur. While I have extensively trained in the area of criminal behavior analysis over the past two years, I'm still just learning. What we need here is an expert. A real criminal profiler. I'm Jim Clementi. I'm a former New York City prosecutor and retired FBI profiler. And I'm currently a writer and producer on CBS's Criminal Minds as well as the host of Real Crime Profile Podcast. Next week on Truth and Justice. Truth and Justice is a production of New Beginning Incorporated. Our executive producer is Mike Bussing. All the music in this episode was created and scored by PutThemInASong.com. I want to thank Tate Krupa for designing and creating our logo. Thank you to our transcription team, Desiree Dunn, Sarah Hoyt, and Sarah Mueller. And thank you to Chris Brinkley of SylviaConsultants.com for creating our brand new website, TruthAndJusticePod.com. And as always, I want to thank every one of you for all of your engagement and support. Keep sending in your thoughts, theories, and ideas to theories at truthandjusticepod.com. Send us new cases to cases at truthandjusticepod.com. Like the Facebook page or follow us on Twitter at truthjusticepod. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, I'm signing off. I'm Bob Ruff, and this has been Truth and Justice.